Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 25th, 2009. And I'm going to be, uh, I, I want to play this clip from uh, Lou Dobbs on CNN that just recently came. This doesn't have anything to do, we're going to be talking a lot about this Copenhagen Treaty in this next part of the study, but I just thought this is like a, I don't know, two or three minute clip from Lou Dobbs regarding the illegal aliens and this situation and the free pass that they're going to be given. And again, it's, it's just more of a current event confirming how corrupt, how satanic things are in the day and times that we live in now. And I, I want to just, it's just unbelievable, this, this clip that we're, gonna, we're about to hear. So I'm going to go ahead and start it now in Washington actually occasionally a candor in Washington actually coincides with accuracy some frank words some choice words from House Minority Leader John Boehner the congressman uh, said the legislation the immigration legislation currently working its way through our Congress is quote a piece of expletive deleted you have the idea if you look at some of the provisions in this proposed new law it's not hard to see why the minority leader uh, is uh, thinking and speaking the way he does among the worst provisions one we just reported on in bill tucker's uh, report illegal aliens will be given legal status just one day after their application is filed even if the background check isn't completed and it could not be in nearly every instance other absurd provisions in this legislation taxpayers Unite, you'll be paying for the immigration attorneys to represent illegal aliens. How's that for a deal? you got to love America. Supporters of the legislation called the new Z visas temporary. What they don't want us to tell you is that the new visas can be renewed indefinitely. And gang members, illegal alien gang members are eligible for amnesty. The Heritage Foundation estimating there are, by the way, at least 30,000 illegal alien gang members in 33 states. All they have to do is say they don't want to be a gang member anymore, and bingo. The federal government, with taxpayer money, your money, will be helping the Mexican government provide enough incentives, like a decent education and health care, for Mexican citizens to stay in their own country. And another provision of this legislation, illegal aliens don't have to pay those cumbersome, nasty taxes. This, uh, this is, a, I think, what we would call a very... Very generous amnesty program. A lot of folks would like to get a hold of this opportunity. And the proposed new Security and Prosperity Partnership, the North American Union, which would effectively erase borders among the United States, Mexico, and Canada, would be given top priority, fast track for SPP. Border security, not first in this bill. We can't even find out what border security has to do with this legislation. It is all about amnesty and the proposed 800 mile plus fencing on our southern border could be slashed to just 200 miles the senate bill incorporating the so-called dream act that gives in-state tuition to illegal aliens a benefit of course denied american citizens illegal aliens will under the terms of this legislation also be able to cut in front of everyone who've been waiting for years in their own countries for admission to the united states legally suckers and another outrageous provision this bill highlighted in the heritage foundation uh, released today its own list of the worst provisions get ready because among them amnesty for illegal aliens who were ordered deported that was unfortunate heritage says our immigration courts could be effectively shut down with this legislation as judges must close any immigration proceeding and allow illegal aliens to apply for Amnesty. Senator Jeff Sessions today also saying there are a number of other loopholes in this law. Among them, he points out, learning English not required until the ninth year of amnesty. Illegal aliens will be eligible for the earned income tax credit. Don't have to pay back taxes, but they will be eligible for the earned income tax credit. The tax credit, by the way, of course, designed to help this country's hardworking uh, men and women, citizens all. Well, again, you know, if that doesn't get you fired up, your wood's wet, is all I can say, because that is, uh, and again, these are things we should be praying about. Uh, just unbelievable what is going on right now, everywhere you turn. Uh, this next thing I'm going to report on, yeah, again, we're going to do the Copenhagen thing next, but uh, where uh, this uh, hate crimes bill passed this week, and it was entitled from the L.A. Times 
this is just from October 23rd, Bill Making Violence, Bill Making Violence Against Gays a Hate Crime headed to the White House. A bill to make violence against gays and lesbians a federal hate crime cleared the Senate on Thursday and is headed to the White House. A 68 to 29 vote was a victory. I mean, this wasn't even close. 68 to 29 vote was a victory for civil rights groups that have long sought to expand the federal statute beyond attacks motivated by religion, race, color, or national origin. The only person, the only ministry I saw really speaking out against this was um, Ted Pike. I'm not saying they're the only ones. I think he was the only one that was really super vocal about it. I wasn't even aware that this thing was in in, um, uh, the Senate at this point, but um, (laughs) it's passed, and essentially the bill which President Obama is expected to sign, of course he's going to sign it, because he he is absolutely 100% aligned with the gay sodomite agenda. Uh, This includes penalties for assaults based on a victim's sexual orientation, gender disability, or gender identity. Now, this bill is especially ominous for two reasons. Number one, it allows any person to lodge a complaint against anyone whom they believe threatened them in any way, physical, emotional, or mental. It allows the federal government to intervene in a state matter, thus extending the harsh arms of the Fed. So, you know, they can come in anyone that's uttered anything against the gays and say, well, this is a hate crime. You've committed violence against me, and I want you, I want you executed or whatever they're going to end up doing you know, um, imprisoning you, or whatever. So, this is the state where we've come to in America, where, as Jesus says, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And in Lot's days, obviously, we have Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Sodomites are the ones being protected. You know, but if if they're allowed to um, kill me, absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, but... The only thing they have to look forward to is hell and the lake of fire. And, you know, this is, this is where it's come to in, in America. The, the insanity of the vaccination issue, which we just, we've documented in previous studies. Then we have this to also contend with. Now, I've done several teachings on this. If you go to my keyword search box on sermonaudio.com forward slash Dr. Scott Johnson, just D-R-S-C-O-T-T-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, you go to the search box, you just put in the word hate, and you'll see the ones I've done on the hate crime bills, where the Bible will have to be outlawed, because the Bible, the King James Bible, clearly speaks out against homosexuality in several places. And now the watered-down um, modern-day versions that spawned from the 1881 Revised Version of Westcott and Hort, many of those have already removed any offensive things regarding the gays, so they'll be okay. But the King James Bible will have to be outlawed because it will be literally a hate crime just sitting there on your coffee table, essentially. So, this is where we've come to in America. America has now become Sodom. And once the Christian nation has now legitimized homosexuality, and now it has passed the most harsh, unimaginable uh, laws designed to cower people into submission before the lesbian, gay, transgendered, bisexual crowd, we posted an article on this pending hate crimes bill legislation. We encourage you to read it now. And it says, Are you prepared to go to prison? President Obama promised a convention of lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgenders that he will get the hate crimes bill passed into law. Now he's done it, because you know he's going to sign it. The president has just issued a declaration of war against the church and the Bible based upon um, which it was found. Now, the, the, the church that he's in reference to, I'm in reference to, and I'm not saying David Bay isn't, but the true remnant church, the ones that will speak out against this issue, no matter what, no matter if if, if I die, I die, you know, is, is the type of, of attitude that, um, I think it's the type of attitude true Christians are going to have regarding this subject, because, you know, are we going to be beat and cowered into a corner? Now, most of the 501c3 churches isn't speaking out against this at all anyway. They're not really in violation. They're being, they're being good little whatevers and, and Nazis or whatever and, and they're, they're in their pulpits and most of the time they're not speaking out against these issues. I'm not saying all, I'm saying most. Okay, So they're really not going to have anything to worry about, those types, of, uh, those types of people. But I wouldn't want to be in their shoes on Judgment Day is all I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm better, I'm not saying I'm Mr. Super Christian, I'm just telling you that 
you know, evil is something that we should stand against. All that, all they that love the Lord hate evil. That's what the Bible says, is we're to hate evil. Okay, and this is totally pure evil. Now, I'm going to just read some excerpts from this article that they referenced. Um, this is from American Family Association, October 12, 2009. And it's President Obama, I can announce after more than a decade, this hate crime, crime bill is set to pass, and I will sign it into law. This is what President Obama said. that, And he's done it, okay? And he's going to sign this. This pronouncement should make the hair stand up on the head of every Christian pastor, ministry, and... In this country, for it is nothing more, nothing less than a declaration of war against the entire fundamental Christian church. But again, the entire mental, the, the, the Christian church in modern day America has, um, uh, how do I say this nicely? They've left the battlefield a long time ago. For the most part, they really have. And it will, it, this is just a evidence of that. Now, what this hate crime bill crime will uh, hate crimes bill will do is it criminalizes thought for the first time in American history criminal penalties are being attached to thoughts not actions perpetrators will receive extra punishment not for what they did but for what they were thinking so you can speak out on this issue like I've done many many times and because of your thoughts now you're a criminal okay it endangers the freedom of religion and speech Everywhere in the world, hate crimes laws have gone into effect. They have quickly been used to harass, intimidate, silent, and punish people of faith. Your pastor could go to jail even if a tenuous link could be established between a sermon on homosexuality and some act of violence. Like, you know, the Bible doesn't say to go out and, and, and do anything violent against the gays and, and this type of thing. I mean, granted, it did in the Old Testament. It was a death penalty. I mean, if you were if you were found to be a gay, or, or in the uh, in the Old Testament, it was a death penalty. Okay? Flat out. I mean, the Bible verses are there. Now, granted, we're not called to do that in this day and age, okay, after Jesus has come, but this is something that's very grievous to the Lord. In a devious maneuver by Democrats, it's attached to a defense appropriations bill. Our military deserves a standalone vote on funding. This is what they do all the time. They attach it to some other bill, and, you know, kind of put it on the coattails of something else. That's common procedure. Okay, so we, I just wanted to touch up upon that. Uh, we'll probably be more information on that in the coming weeks. But th- that is essentially something that really could literally, once it's passed, literally could really shut down every single godly ministry in America overnight, if they so chose to try to implement it. Now, I'm not saying the Lord can't protect those ministers of God that are upholding this, men and women alike, that are holding and clinging to the truth. The Lord Jesus Christ is perfectly capable of that, and you need to have the faith to believe that no matter what is going on, He could still protect you. Just remember, the fear of man bringeth a snare. And this isn't something that we need to be going around. The Bible says we overcame Him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and they love their lives not unto the death. So, these are things to bear in mind. Uh, next little current event I just want to touch on here. I uh, got this the other day from the Honolulu Examiner, Exopolitics Examiner, a guy named Michael Sally, a PhD. This just came out October 21st, and then it's entitled, Official Disclosure of Extraterrestrial Life is Imminent. Now, again, this confirms what we, we were just, you know, um, we kind of were talking about a little bit in the last teaching on the avion flu regarding that clip I, I played from the Stargate episode. And, and I've done a lot of teachings on, you know, UFOs and aliens and this whole alien agenda and the real real uh, agenda behind it. We have the V-Series coming up that's premiering October 7th, or I'm sorry, November 7th, I believe, from ABC. This goes on to say, an official announcement by the Obama administration disclosing the reality of extraterrestrial life is imminent. Now, I'm on their email list because I want to keep an eye on what they're doing. They send me emails about once a week. And it says, For several months, senior administration officials have been quietly deliberating behind closed doors how much to disclose to the world about extraterrestrial life. Dissatisfaction among powerful institutions such as the U.S. Navy over decades-long secrecy policies have given a boost to efforts to disclose the reality of extraterrestrial life and technology. 
The impending disclosure announcement follows upon the secret implementation of a year-long policy on UFOs and extraterrestrial life. Over the period of February 12th to 14th, 2008, the United Nations held closed-door discussions where approximately 30 nations secretly agreed on a new openness policy on UFOs and extraterrestrial life in 2009. The openness policy was implemented but never publicly announced due to threats against UN diplomats not to disclose details of the secret agreement. The secret UN agreement was based on two conditions. (coughs) Excuse me. First, UFOs would continue to appear around the world, and second, the openness policy would not lead to social unrest in liberal democracies. Both conditions have been satisfied, making it possible for the next stage to begin official disclosure of extraterrestrial life. And again, if Hollywood isn't posturing toward this, I don't know, you know, then, then I'm seriously deceived, because there has been so many series... The Stargate series, the, all of these series they have on TV. There's been so much conditioning for the UFOs and the extraterrestrial, and there's also been a ton of conditioning toward witchcraft as well. All of these evil shows about vampires and witchcraft and Harry Potter and all this garbage that is absolutely intricately tied with the UFO movement phenomenon, witchcraft. All of it ties together. And the Bible's very clear that when, when the Antichrist comes, he will cause craft to prosper in his hand. He is going to be a master adept at witchcraft. Witchcraft is the coming essence of the New World Order religion. And I've done a whole study on that, that witchcraft is just king witch, part of the word, witchcraft or or part of the word in the keyword search box on my homepage if you want to know more about that. Um, It's going to be the essence of the coming One World religion. So it has to start somewhere. And this will all be tied in with it, this UFO uh, phenomenon. So, Obama's September 24, 2009 chairing of the UN Security Council meeting on nuclear nonproliferation and disarmament signaled his emerging leadership role in tackling major global issues such as nuclear weapons. The Nobel Peace Prize was an important step in giving global legitimacy to President Obama in making an extraterrestrial disclosure announcement. Hadn't thought about it that way, but it does make sense. Obama is therefore posed to play a prominent role in the increased global governance that will be necessary after an ET disclosure announcement. Now again, when, when he first became president, these people that were on so for this disclosure movement, like this whole group's devoted, they were ecstatic over Obama being elected. They were not happy with Bush. But under Obama, they believed that Disclosure can happen, and it can happen very, very soon. So that seems to be another um, green light for them to go forward. The timing would be most likely to coincide, coincide. In other words, the timing of this announcement. Now, I'm not date setting. I'm telling you what they're saying. Okay? There's a lot of handwriting on the wall here that we've pointed out in numerous other studies, and I'm just trying to give you a little update here. The timing would most likely coincide sometime soon after his Nobel Peace Prize acceptance speech on December 10, 2009 in Oslo, Norway. Because, see, he won the Nobel Peace Prize even though he's done nothing but be a devil. And so that's December 10, 2009, Nobel Peace Prize. So that would, And that's around the same time as this, this uh, Copenhagen thing, which we're going to talk about next is most likely to go down here. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go to that article right now. Okay, and this is, we're going to be looking at some clips here, listening to some clips, and we're going to be uh, looking at some verbiage here in this particular article. This is from No World System, October 17, 2009. It's entitled, Will Obama, Obama Will Surrender America to World Government. This is a quote from George H.W. Bush. You've probably seen this quote many times, but I'll just read it to you if you haven't. And this is a quote from him. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order, can emerge. Now we can see a new world order coming into view. A world in which there's a very real prospect for a new world order. My word, I mean, could he say it any more times or or try to get it in a sentence after sentence after sentence? I mean, this is crazy. And then he says, a world where the United Nations freed from a Cold War stalemate, is poised to fulfill the historic vision of its founders. 
Uh, it's pretty pretty sick stuff, but that's a direct quote from him. Now, a Minnesota free market institute hosted an event at Bethel University in St. Paul on Wednesday evening. Keynote speaker Lord Christopher Monckton, former science advisor to the British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, warned the American people to stop Obama from signing a global climate treaty at the Climate Change Conference in Copenhagen in December that will ultimately, this is around the same time he's going to get his Nobel Peace Prize award too. Um, this will be in December that will ultimately surrender U.S. sovereignty to a world government under the guise of helping the environment. So I'm going to play you, this is only like about a four minute clip here where we're just going to get the high points because it's over an hour lecture. But this is where he really gets into it. So we'll let this start now. Lord Christopher Moncton, October 14, 2009. And what are we doing instead? At Copenhagen, this December, weeks away, a treaty will be signed. Your president will sign it. Most of the third world countries will sign it because they think they're going to get money out of it. Most of the left-wing regimes around the world, like the European Union, will rubber stamp it. Virtually nobody won't sign it. I have read that treaty. And what it says is this that a world government is going to be created. The word government actually appears as the first of three purposes of the new entity. The second purpose is the transfer of wealth from the countries of the West to third world countries in satisfaction of what is called coyly a climate debt because we've been burning CO2 and they haven't and we've been screwing up the climate. We haven't been screwing up the climate, but that's the line. And the third purpose... So this will be their excuse to absolutely wreck really the middle class in any developing, or, or not developing, but any country like America or wherever they have a strong middle class. Those are the countries that are most guilty and to blame for this debt that he just referred to. And that money will have to be transferred. So again, what they're trying to establish is a slave class and the ultra-ultra elite. And when you're in a slave class type of position, it's very, very hard to fight back with resources because your resources are gone. Now, I'm not talking about spiritually. I'm just talking about from a monetary standpoint. And if you have nothing stored, like, you know, uh, food and, and ways to purify water and, and a place to be, it's going to be very, very hard. I'm not saying the Lord can't preserve you. But the Bible says, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. In those days, maybe a part of us very soon, the Bible talks about Jesus said, the night is coming when no man can work. He says, I must work the works of him that sent me. Jesus talking about the Father. And he says, the night is coming when no man can work. And I really believe that we could truly be on the cusp of that. Of this new entity, this government, is enforcement. How many of you think that the word election or democracy or vote or ballot occurs anywhere in the 200 pages of that treaty? Quite right, it doesn't appear once. So at last, the communists who piled out of the Berlin Wall and into the environmental movement and took over Greenpeace so that my friends who founded it left within a year because they'd captured it, now the apotheosis is at hand. They are about to impose a communist world government on the world. You have a president who has very strong sympathies with that point of view. He's going to sign. He'll sign anything. He's a Nobel Peace Laureate. Of course he'll sign it. And the trouble is this. If that treaty is signed, your constitution says that it takes precedence over your constitution. And you can't resile from that treaty unless you get the agreement of all the other states' parties. And because you'll be the biggest paying country, they're not going to let you out. See, treaties always will supersede whatever government, uh, whatever government system you have in a particular... If, if you sign this treaty, it's going to supersede everything. The Bill of Rights, the Constitution, everything. That will be a real easy excuse for them to say that we're, you know, the Constitution's been done away with, the Bill of Rights has been done away with, we're heading into a new world order, and things are totally going to be different now. This would be a great way for them to implement that. So... Thank you, America. You were the beacon of freedom for the world. It is a privilege merely to stand on this soil of freedom while it is still free. 
but in the next few weeks. Unless you stop it, your president will sign your freedom, your democracy, and your prosperity away forever. And neither you nor any subsequent government you may elect will have any power whatsoever to take it back again. That is how serious it is. I have read the treaty. I've seen this stuff about government and climate debt and enforcement. They are going to do this to you, whether you like it or no. But I think it is here, here in your great nation, which I so love and I so admire. It is here that perhaps at this 11th hour, at the 59th minute and 59th second, you will rise up and you will stop your president from signing that dreadful treaty, that purposeless treaty, for there is no problem with the climate, and even if there were, economically speaking, there's nothing we can do about it. So I end by saying to you the words that Winston Churchill addressed to your president in the darkest hour before the dawn of freedom in the Second World War. He quoted from your great poet Longfellow, Sail on, O ship of state. Sail on, O union, strong and great. Humanity, with all its fears, with all the hopes of future years, is hanging breathless on thy fate. Thank you. Okay, big golf clap there. Um, Actually, you know, that really inspired me. I kind of want to start waxing poetic now myself. I think I'm a little bit lax in my uh, vernacular mastery. I might want to burst into a sonnet or a soliloquy or possibly a haiku. I, I don't know. I'm something to think about. Anyway, just kidding there. This is something that we should be praying about. And these are people that I believe from a spiritual standpoint we need to be praying specifically for. I've done a whole teaching on Psalm 64, which I would highly advise if you haven't heard it, you go listen to it. It's called Psalm 64, A Christian's Door of Hope. Because a lot of the stuff that I'm presenting today seems to be putting us into a hopeless position. But remember, the Lord Jesus Christ has always preserved a remnant throughout time. Okay, In every era, every he's always preserved a faithful remnant. He's always preserved you know, a thousand that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. This type of thing. And, and not to say that a thousand or five thousand or, or to put his exact number on it, but I'm saying he's always preserved a remnant. And Psalm 64 is basically, you know, praying for God to hide us from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. It's also praying for God to judge them in this lifetime. Why? What is the purpose? That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider of his doing. See, when God judges sin or when God judges the wicked, and we're talking about the most wicked people on the planet, when God does that, people take a good look at their own self and their own lives. And many times, if it's done in such a way where you know it's God, then all men will see and fear and declare the work of God. And people get converted and people get saved. And it's always a good thing. Always. Ananias and Sapphira. Oh, that was this... Terrible thing that happened in Acts. Well, when they were judged, many were added to the church. Great fear fell upon the Christians, which there's very little of now. There's very little fear of God. There's a lot of fear of man, though. And the fear of man is what's motivating most people that call themselves Christians. They're motivated out of fear of man. Oh, I've got to get my flu shot. i got to do this. i got to be. I got to do whatever the government tells me to do, this and that, even though it's contrary to what the Bible would say. Well, the Bible says, as for me and my house, Joshua, we will serve the Lord. And this is the, uh, this is the uh, mindset we need to be in. Because um, if you're not, <laughs> Satan's just going to keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you and getting you to compromise more and more and more. Now, going back to this article, with every passing day it becomes more evident that Obama is nothing more than a globalist. It is obvious from the health care reform that he does not care about the middle class. He is in the pocket of the international elite like Kissinger and the rest of the globalist elite that wish to establish a world government dictatorship under the auspices of the United Nations. Now, I'm going to play a little clip from Kissinger, probably the most, one of the most powerful yet evil men on the planet. If not, you know, he's right up there. He's a lot of... Um, 
A lot of power here this guy wields. And this is a clip from Kissinger, Henry Kissinger. What do you think the most important thing is for Barack Obama? Obviously, you're here to talk about uh, the anniversary for U.S.-China diplomatic relations. But if you had to say, this is going to be the country or the conflict or the place that will define the Obama... Okay, so she's asking, what is the most important thing for Barack Obama? This is Henry Kissinger. ...administration, what would it be? The president elect is coming into office at the moment when there are upheavals in many parts of the world simultaneously. You have India, Pakistan, you have, you have uh, uh, the jihadist uh, movement. So he can't really say that it's one problem, that it's the most important one. Uh, but he can give a new impetus to American foreign policy, partly because the reception of him is so extraordinary around the world. I think its task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity. It isn't such a crisis. Okay, so he stated it right out there at the very end. He says that a new world order will be created. Why is Obama the ideal vehicle for this? Although his popularity in America has been plummeting, even according to secular sources, I don't know what his approval rating is now, but it's, it's, it's lower by the day just about. He's saying because he's been so well received in so many different parts of the earth that he will be the ideal person to bring about a new world order. He, we, need, we need to ride that wave of popularity. Now, because he's losing popularity, they're becoming more desperate. And this is why I believe they're becoming more aggressive and desperate regarding this whole swine flu campaign, and they're being more and more deceitful about it, flagrantly deceitful, saying there's this and that, there's this healthcare emergency, when all the other indicators indicate there's not. Well, something like this in a health emergency could be used to uh, implement him to implement this vac- mass vaccination, and while he still maybe has a little bit of popularity left. If they allow his popularity to, to um, in America to deteriorate, it's going to be harder and harder because people are going to take more of a harder look at what's really going on. And a lot of people are getting woken up to the truth. Alex Jones just came out with a great uh, video regarding, it's called Fall the Republic, and uh, I sent it out to my list. And uh, again, it doesn't mean that I rubber stamp every single thing that that Alex Jones does or or his belief in ideologies. You know, I know he had David Icke on last week and and, um, these types of things. I'm saying he's done a very good job, though, at tying a lot of this together. Okay, so just bear in mind, what we're doing here is we're gleaning. Just like I gleaned from CBS, ABC, from other other ministries, we're gleaning. But this Fall of the Republic, um, from what I've watched so far, is excellent. And it really exposes Obama for the devil that he is. Now let's go further. If this International Climate Treaty passes, Americans will have no choice. Oh, and also, you can go up on YouTube and watch Fall of the Republic. You can just key in the thing and you'll find it. Trust me, you can watch it for free and high quality up on YouTube even. Or you can get the DVDs, you can burn them, you can give those out. It's just one way, just like we talked about the swine flu flyers. It's trying to educate the masses, because we're right on the cusp of a lot of things. And the more people that are educated, the more people will ultimately end up resisting this tyranny. Um, So, if the International Climate Treaty passes, Americans will have no choice but to pay a global climate tax that will be directly paid to the UN. At first, the tax will be introduced to the public gradually, such as barely noticeable tax at the gas pump, which will later be increased once it, it has been officially established. Again, they're going to do it subtly at first and then get more aggressive as they go. The Bilderberg Group has discussed this new global tax this year, among many other things, like creating a fast but painful depression to better establish a new world order. The IMF, or International Monetary Fund, uh, a United Nations entity, has already declared itself the global central bank that will set out regulations and issue a global currency to the nations. People like George Soros, IMF, and the World Bank are betting against the dollar, and with the help of the Federal Reserve, will topple the dominance of the U.S. dollar in the world market to destroy the U.S. economy and force the global dictatorship in the Western Hemisphere. So, again, this thing about the dollar, I mean, obviously that's all over. I haven't said anything about it because I haven't hardly had time to say anything about it because, for me, the um, swine flu alerts have 
taken precedent over that. But again, this is a this is an article from Larry Edelson of Money and Markets, and it's entitled "World Bank and IMF Join Global Attack on the Dollar." The dollar is being devalued almost by the day. So again, the the one thing that I on the Lindsey Adams uh, interview that was on the other day on Alex Jones, he was saying that the the globalist elite have flat out told him that the only thing you're going to be able to depend upon as far as currency goes is gold and silver. Okay, gold and silver are always going to have value no matter what they do. No matter if they devalue the dollar or not, they're always going to have value. This is what he said the elite deal in. Gold and silver, which is real wealth. Now, also, there's things like, you know, um, food and, and, and uh, things of this nature. You know, um, ways to purify water. Uh, things to do uh, from a... Um, just products that you should that you should have in place that you might not be able to get, you know, if you were able to, to somehow get a year supply of food for your family in like a freeze dry type of food. That E Foods Direct is good. There's um, the Freeze Mark, the Freeze Dried guy. He's got some good deals. There's a lot of different places that you can go to get this type of food. But that's another thing that you should think about. Uh, having some of the mild silver protein on hand, the vitamin D three. Uh, there's a lot of different things that you can do to prepare. And I've gotten into that in other, in other uh, articles that we've done. This article by this Larry Edelson says, In my emails to you over the past couple of weeks, I've shown you why Washington has no choice but to devalue the dollar and how the global leaders and even the United Nations have joined the attack on the greenback by demanding it be replaced as the world's reserve currency. Now, just this week, the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank have begun adding their voices to the international choir calling for a new global currency. Last week, World Bank President Robert Zolik warned that if the dollar status will be challenged, and the do- that the dollar status will be challenged and shouldn't be taken for granted, according to Turkish Deputy Prime Minister Ali Babakan, it's likely that the role of special drawing rights based on basket of currencies will be discussed as an alternative to the dollar during the meetings of the World Bank and IMF in Istanbul next week. In other words, they're going to try to take this this. Um, uh, the dollar being used as the reserve currency globally and move it to another currency. Probably something like the euro or something like that, I would imagine. Add all, the, all this adds weight and momentum to the devaluation of the dollar. It is definitely on the table. Indeed, for the first time I can remember, the G7 financial officials meeting this week are rumored to be breaking the tradition and choosing not to release a statement on the global economy and currencies. I feel this is an extremely significant development. At last week's G20 meeting, the group officially anointed itself as being in charge of charge of global economic affairs. Plus, now we have the G7 refusing to discuss the dollar, which is highly unusual. Many will say that if the G7 does indeed refuse to comment on the dollar at this weekend's meeting, it is merely a sign they're beginning to turn the reins over to the G20 for currency matters. Um, and then he says, baloney, the G7 will discuss the huge global economic imbalances in the world. And to me, that's code talk for a currency devaluation on the agenda. Members of the G7 are discussing it, but they're just not going to do it in public. Uh, so, again, it's here's a clip that's entitled, Federal Reserve Needs to Cut the U.S. Dollar in Half. Unbelievable. A year ago said... Law professor Ross Buckley on Australia's ABC News last week. Nobody wanted to know the International Monetary Fund. Now it's the organizer of the International Stimulus Package, which has been sold as a stimulus package for poor countries. So again, uh, it's really not looking good for the dollar. And this is tied in with a lot of other things, because if they can devalue the dollar, and let's say they issue a new currency and give you one-sixth I've heard the number one-sixth of what a dollar's worth. That means if you had $6,000 in the bank, now you've only got 1000 And again, I wouldn't keep anything in the bank, for sure, because they only have a fraction of the amount of money that's actually deposited in the bank because of leveraging. So if you've got money in the bank or money in an IRA or whatever, 401k, man, I would get it out. And um, if whatever you can convert to gold and silver, I would do that. Whatever, you know, food and provisions and things of this nature, uh, I just can't see how you could go wrong with that. Because if the banks, if they have a bank holiday and the banks shut down and you can't get your money out 
well, you'll probably never see it again. So I'm just talking about erring on the side of safety here. So this is a, another clip. Let's, this is entitled U.S. Seeds Economic Independence to the International Monetary Fund. I mean, we are seeing such a push just to give away all of our sovereignty to the U.N. Hi, this is Dick Morris. Last week something happened that was almost not covered at all by the media. The International Monetary Fund, the IMF, walked off with America's economic sovereignty. We literally took a gigantic step toward global governance and toward global control by global economists of our monetary and financial and regulatory system. It was incredibly alarming. Uh, for those who were concerned by the chapter in our book, Catastrophe, the Declaration of Independence has been repealed, and there are about 100,000 people that watched a video that I did on that earlier this year. This was a terrible, terrible reversal at the G20 summit. Literally, what's going to happen now is that the professional economists around the world, run by the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, are going to work with the G20 nations to formulate plans for each of their economies and give them specific mandates and specific requirements. And by consensus, the G20 will adopt it. And of course, the United States will participate as one out of 20 votes and basically be forced to go along with the global consensus. Then every three months, the United States is going to have to come back to G20 and the IMF and show that we've been good boys and girls, that we've done okay, that we've done our homework, that we've met our assignments. And if we don't, they're going to issue a negative report and rely at the moment on, quote, moral suasion, unquote, to restrain us or to move us in the right direction. But some people are even talking about toughening it to include sanctions. And once you go down that road, you're talking about really a command economy. And who are these people who are going to be running our country, who are going to be running our economic system? Well, the G7, which was the original group, was a good thing to do. I mean, the U.S. and Japan and Germany and France and Britain uh, needed to get together and coordinate their economic policies. And okay, so Italy snuck in. And then sometimes they added Russia for diplomatic purposes. That was all fine. But to expand it now to all these other countries is absurd. And who are these other countries? I mean, obviously you needed to include India and China. But beyond that, Argentina defaulted on its debt to the IMF. They're sitting in judgment of us. Brazil, that's run by a Marxist. Uh, Mexico, that has a huge drug problem infesting the country. Good president, but a terrible problems in the country. South Africa, one of the most corrupt regimes in the world. Saudi Arabia, the single most repressive regime in the world. Uh, Indonesia, incredibly unstable. South Korea, a functioning democracy for about 12 years. Australia. I mean, those are the countries that are going to be sitting on judgment on the United States. And the IMF will orchestrate all of it. Now, the IMF has had the world's worst record, literally, in propping up currencies that have gotten into trouble in the third world. Because what they always do is they always come in and say, we recommend cuts and austerity and uh, limit wage increases and all of that. And frankly, the IMF has caused more revolutions throughout the world than Marx, Engels, and Lenin combined. And they just never learn. But now these characters are going to be sitting on ju in judgment on the United States. Now, we agreed to three things at this G20 summit substantively. One, reduce the deficit, which is good news, but Obama won't heed it. Uh, second, to increase regulations of the financial sector. And thirdly, to abide by global consensus on compensation for employees at banks and financial institutions. So, basically, we've taken the many of the powers of the Federal Reserve Board and the Treasury and ceded them to the IMF and to the G20. Now, theoretically, we could always veto those regulations and always refuse to apply them, but then you'd have us being the odd man out. And very soon, I'm sure they're going to extend this to climate change and various perceptions of human rights, perhaps on the death penalty, on abortion, on a whole range of issues, and we will have de facto global government. Now, my big problem with global government is that it's not democracy. Uh, you have China, you have Russia, you have Saudi Arabia that are dictatorial, autocratic, monarchic regimes. 
and the bureaucrats that run the IMF are never elected by anybody, and the central bankers in each of these countries are appointed by the presidents for terms, but are not politically accountable. And you really have bureaucratization taking over from democracy. And that's a theme we'll be talking about more and more over the next couple of months and year, that ultimately our new book is going to be a lot about that, that the enemy of democracy is not fascism, not communism, not even terrorism. It is bureaucracy. It is the we-know-better-than-you crowd that tell us what to do. And Barack Obama gave away the store at that G20 summit, and it's going to be very hard, very hard, to get it back. Thanks very much. Okay, so that was a little clip from regarding that whole situation. A lot of this is tied together. Uh, a lot of these issues, obviously, are very much tied together. This goes on to say, we are beginning to see the emergence of a new world order this year with talks of a new global currency, a global com- climate tax, a global police force with access to worldwide database of DNA, biometric, and fingerprint records. Now, this particular article... Uh, is all referenced. I mean, everything here just about has a text link, and I'll I'll post this up on the internet. You can click into it directly. And an international gun control treaty, and an inter- international criminal court treaty, and an internet moving toward world government. It's crystal clear what is about to happen to this country. So, again, we kind of covered a little bit of everything there. I'm going to play this clip from this Fall of Republic. This is one of the the first clips. This is the the uh, DVD. The video you can go watch up on YouTube. It's a DVD. You can burn these DVDs, give them out. Alex Jones isn't trying to... He just doesn't want people to profit off them. Like, in other words, they buy a DVD and then they charge a whole bunch of money for it. But other than that, he's not trying to ration bullets. He's wanting to get this information out there. And I'm just going to play you this uh, little two-minute clip on it. Most people... Still today, think that all entertainment uh, to do with movies, drama, is therefore nothing more than their entertainment. It never ever was that case. Throughout history, social engineers have refined techniques designed to control large populations. It is bringing entertainment to thousands of people, right in the comfort of our own homes. You're actually in an alpha state being completely downloaded with new ideas. A cult of personality can be manufactured to influence the masses. So what he had said is that you're in an alpha state when you're watching uh, TV many times and and your brain's just basically downloading the propaganda. Now, if you know better and you're watching TV, that's one thing, I believe. But if you're just there hours upon hours watching TV about propaganda, and it's particularly if you don't have no clue about the issues, you're just going to turn into an automaton. And again, now with the si- sound of silence technology, and I did a whole uh, study on the sound of silence technology and mind control, that's a whole other uh, thing that they've been able to add regarding this whole thing to brainwash and propagandize the masses. Nobody will question what he's doing. They'll be so preoccupied with where he is or what he's wearing. Yes, we can. The idea of making him into a celebrity. Eventually, he said, they will expect the media to do all their thinking and reasoning for them. And that's happened today. The science... just, just like George Orwell, 1984. They're going to be big brother. They're going to decide what's best for us in every phase of our life. Vaccinations is, is just one part of that area. It's going to be total, total control um, is what their agenda is. Scientific dictatorship understands what makes human beings tick, and they're using it against us. These cells are scanned by a stream of electrons, completing 30 pictures a second. It's hard for people like that to take a serious interest in what their elected officials are doing. They've been programmed. It's Obama's role to front for the international banking syndicate. Barack Obama is a puppet of the New World Order. Is this some sort of New World Order? The New World Order is emerging. For the first time in history, we really have this new form of an empire. The average man and woman is in a trance. They get home from work. They don't even talk to their children. They turn the television on. And they let those corporate messages set the agenda in their lives. You got time to watch baseball. You got time to entertain yourself. But a knowledgeable public we're losing. Kill your television, or at least turn it off a few hours a day. 
The children aren't even playing in your front yards anymore. We don't want to live under a world government of the corporations, by the corporations, and for the corporations. Fall of the Republic. Volume 1, the presidency of Barack Obama. Obama is the latest version of 21st century mass mind control. Available on DVD at Infowars.com and online at PrisonPlanet.tv. October 21st, 2009. Okay, so they've already released that, and uh, that's something that, you know, it's just, it's just another tool of, of education, not only for yourself, your family, but others. And ultimately, I would hope that these could be things, tools... See, this all lines up with the Bible. What the Bible clearly predicts is going to happen. And if you can present this in such a way, there can be many people one to Christ, and this, these types of things can be used as an ice-breaking tool in order to do that, okay? From a Christian perspective, we're just not supposed to hand these things out and say, okay, we're going to accomplish this through our own willpower, our own man-centered efforts, which unfortunately is, is a lot of times what I see with a lot of these people exposing truth. They're doing a great job, but they're, they're not focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ, on His intervention, and on faith in Him to, you know, um, deliver a remnant or... Worst case scenario, if you have to go through something, he can still get you through it. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And these are things and verses that we need to dwell on. We need to be memorizing the King James Bible. The Psalms like Psalm 64, Psalm 91, these types of things. Psalm 23. Uh, there's many verses in the Bible that, that you can reference to help you with this. The Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love and of a power and of a sound mind. These aren't things we should be going around in abject fear about. But if we know about it, and God's given us the mean to prepare and to warn others, then we should be doing that uh, to whatever extent he would convict you to do that for. The Bible says, What time I am afraid I will trust in thee, Psalm 56.3. So uh, when you're afraid, you trust in the Lord. With all your heart, you lean not into your own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So, okay, so I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and time that you've given us. I do pray, God, that your truth would go forth. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, we, we just pray that you would bless. I pray you bless my listeners, Lord, the body of Christ that you would, whatever you would convict, convict us to do with the information that has been set before us, that we would be faithful to that, that your name would be glorified through us, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, that you'd cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. I just pray, God, that you give those around us, eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. And that, Lord God, you would fight against them that fight against us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we would always be focused on you, and not on these present situations, but that we would be faithful in preparing for whatever you would have us do, preparing for the day and times that are coming. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.